your website should be creating desire. It should be driving excitement. It should be getting people to um, hold an image of your destination in their mind and that they put it on the list. Welcome again, everyone, to the Destination Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Stoker, along with my co-host, Jordan Barker. Jordan, how are you doing today? It's doing well. Adam, how, how are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you asked. Thank you. I am doing so good. Are you? Okay. So good. good. Glad to hear yeah. it. Glad to hear it. Thank you. Um, we are excited to talk to you today. We're excited to, uh, we have a great guest for you today that, that we're excited to have speak with you and share some knowledge today. You know, I think one of the biggest excitements, I think, for our audience from this podcast episode today is that it's not me flying solo like I did last week. I now have a guest on with me. I've got a co-host with yeah. me today. This is a special day. Yeah, the listener, if you looked at the number of listens, they kind of just <laughs> fell off the cliff last episode. Yeah, we've so got we look, some recovery. Yeah, it should rebound nicely. Yeah. Yep. Good. Well, excited to welcome in our guest. We'll go ahead and introduce him. We've got Jim Eustace from Bound 360, and you guys have heard us talk about Bound 360 on a couple of episodes of this podcast. Now, Jim, we're excited to have you with us today. I'm excited to be here. And just for the record, I will tell you that I did listen to the last podcast. So I don't know what the numbers looked like, but but I was in there the whole time. That probably increased it by 50% because yeah. I listened to it as well. So those are at least two listens that yeah. we know of. That's yeah. good. Okay. Two listens. Okay. That's good. good. Well, thank you, Jim. That's, that's very kind of you to listen to that episode. You bet. <laughs> Well, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jim. Uh, so CEO, uh, co-founder of a um, software company, and we, we target uh, destination marketers. They're our largest um, group of customers. And I think we'll get into some of the details about what we do. But if you sort of start right there as a uh, what I do, that's kind of gives you, I think, a bit of a persona of the person that goes out and starts a software company. Uh, there's probably some good traits and some, um, some questionable traits to that if you ever watch Silicon Valley. I don't know which one of those guys I am, but uh, we've certainly got a few of those guys on the team. I think we're going to make you pick one. Which one are you? Because that's important. Are you the the crazy guy with the long hair? <laughs> certainly not that guy. <laughs> certainly, I think he got kicked off the show. Actually, so I am certainly not that guy. Not that guy. I'll tell you what. I'll have to. I'll have to pull uh, uh, the office, and uh, and we'll find out. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like that a lot. Hey, one uh, one thing that we always like to ask our guests whenever they come on the show um, is obviously tourism is a big part of what we do and what you do. What's your dream destination? If you were to pick one place that you've never been, but have always wanted to go to, but just haven't had the time or, or whatever the case may be, but is there a dream destination that sticks out in your mind that you want to go to? So, you know, that I haven't been to, I think um, one that's always sort of nagging at me that I've got to do soon is New Zealand. Um, that, that just seems nice. to be a, um, amazing place. And then I actually just finished uh, um, Neil Gaiman, the science fiction writer, his, uh, his book called Norse Mythology. And that has just, just brought up a desire to go to Norway out of nowhere. Like I had oh, no desire okay. to go to Norway. I read that book and I just thought, man, this, is, uh, this sounds like an amazing, um, uh, rich culture uh, to go check out. I've actually got a friend that's been to Norway and, and he says it is amazing it's it's like a different world up there there's a lot of beautiful scenery and anyway yeah it's 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 a really cool place I, I i also am glad you mentioned new zealand new zealand has been on my list it's it's kind of my uh dream destination if you will and uh been dying to go and i actually just got a message this last week from one of our listeners who happens to be in new zealand uh and she kind of talked a little bit about uh how 
one of the episodes here on the podcast helped her navigate somewhat of a difficult discussion that, that she was having on her end. I won't share too much information because I don't want to out her, but uh, really cool that we're not only would I love to go to New Zealand someday, but we actually have a listener based there in New Zealand who's, who's using our content. So kind of fun. Yeah. Well, Jim, tell me, okay, we talked about your dream destination. You know, what, what if? Well, now I'd like to know where you have been. What's your favorite place you've ever visited? The favorite place. So this, I'll t- I, let me answer that with, with this summer. This summer has been the most traveling summer uh, uh, so far. And um, we ticked a few things off the list that um, we wanted to do for a while. My son, a 13-year-old, who I wanted to get, I wanted to get him into solo traveling, not yet, but, you know, get him ready for when he can start backpacking. And, and I've, I've done a lot of backpacking when I was younger, um, oh. traveled all around South America, uh, uh, overland and, and I think covered like six, 7,000 miles. Did um, you happen to go to Brazil by chance? Of course. Multiple times to Brazil. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. cool. Uh-huh. Jordan and I have both been to Brazil. <clears throat> yeah. Where? So we were in Minas Gerais, Gerais, Minas Gerais. Uh, it's like, uh, it's not the beach. It's not the jungle. Um, Belo Horizonte is the capital city of that state. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we were actually there for two years. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I started in Santiago, Chile, and then went overland down to, um, down to Patagonia across to Argentina, up the coast of Argentina, uh, into Buenos Aires and then Uruguay, Paraguay, and up into Brazil. Wow. Sounds like an amazing trip. That was a super trip. That was a great trip. And, um, I was a much younger, uh, much younger guy that did that. But to get back to the answering the question. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. We, uh, I, I wanted to starting to expose the kids to them picking their dream vacation and where, to, where, to, you know, what type of stuff do they want to see. So, uh, took the thirteen year old to over spring break to Rome, and we backpacked uh, around Italy down to um, to uh, the coast and uh, went to Pompeii and um, Naples. Um, that was a that was a, a an awesome experience to be able to introduce travel um, that way to you know to a thirteen year old showing them hey you can get out there and you can go see all this um, this summer we did a, a week of camping in Maine which was great and uh, and tomorrow we're actually going to head out to um, to Hawaii for a last uh, last trip oh, to nice. end up the summer before uh, before school starts. Man, this is like the summer to end all summers for you guys here. It really is. You know what? I think what what you'll see, uh, or what I've seen, is as the kids get get older and start getting to college age, that you got to really seize the time. And travel is an amazing, uh, amazing way to spend one on one time. Get rid of the electronics, get out, see new things, and 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 spend time together. Sounds fun. Yeah, sounds, yeah sounds great like a point. lot of fun. Really, really good idea. You guys want me to invite you on the next family trip? Yeah, yes, I would absolutely. Mind. Yeah. Is that okay? So that we leave sounded like a then? soft that, request yeah. there. <laughs> Let's, yeah. All right. Well, which island are we going to? <laughs> this one's to Maui. So typically uh, we would go to Kauai and, um, and go to Hanalei, which is Hanalei, if you've never been, is amazing. It's a small town uh, on a sleepy island, and it is just incredible. It's where... Um, Lost and uh, uh, Jurassic Park and King Kong, all those oh, things are okay. filmed. It's, it's well, really... I appreciate you offering us to take us on a little tour of that <laughs> island, that city. Fun. Yeah, looking I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, we'll just, looking... so just put it on the calendar here, and, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk after. We'll coordinate travel details. plans after offline. That's right. Sounds well, good. Jim, 
Well, I, pre- I appreciate the invite. Uh, so, but tell us a little bit um, about your backstory. How did you end up in the tourism business? And then how did Bound uh, come about? Maybe you can just give us a little bit of background on how, how that happened. Sure. So um, as you, I guess, can infer from uh, me uh, describing our summer activities, I love to travel. I grew up in a family that uh, traveled um, a lot and we always saw it as um, a major component of our education and of our life to, to get out and to meet new people and to experience um, different cultures and different locations. So that I think was always a natural. Um, and I, I mean, I assume everybody loves travel. I don't know why anybody wouldn't, uh, but that, that led me to the industry. Um, and then the, the software component, this is our second software company, the same team uh, of people here at bound. And once we, uh, once we started, got it off the ground we went back to uh, some customers we had from our previous business, one of whom was the, the great city of San Antonio. And we said, would you like to try this, uh, this software that we've built? And, um, and it took off from there. It, it worked really well for them because they had um, drive distance visitors. They had uh, people who were coming from target markets. They out flying. They had people who knew about the Alamo, were interested in the Riverwalk, people coming for conventions. And what our software let them do was personalize the message on their homepage that each one of those visitors got. So that was this just sort of aha feeling of, oh yeah, San Antonio is the a place that I'm interested in because look, they've got exactly what I'm what I'm looking for. So so San Antonio was was the first one, and then you know Destination Marketers is such a tight community. Uh, from there, it's it's just been real word of mouth, um, and and has led to uh, to us working with large cities as, you know, as we discussed, San, uh, San Francisco, New York, Austin, all the way down to um, some of the smallest destinations. That's great. And, and I think one of the things that I love the most about, about your technology is yes, you work for the, for the big destinations, but your, your pricing is structured in such a way that smaller destinations who I would say the majority of our listeners that, that we have on the podcast have budget is a limitation in some way, shape or form. Right. And, uh, you know, you guys provide an amazing technology that you don't have to have a $10 million budget to, to take advantage of. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I think, uh, the fact that smaller destinations can, can use your technology. I don't know. I, I just, I think that's really cool because a lot of different technology that's out there really limits the the types of, of destinations or, or companies that can use their product. And, and you have such a critical product, which, which we're going to dive into that I, I love that it is that the barrier to entry is fairly low, relatively low compared to most software technologies out there. So I know you do personalization. I know that you also have the ability within your technology to A-B test the client experience. I'd love to have you give us just an overview from a feature set standpoint. What does your technology allow us to do? Sure. So um, let me just jump back to the one earlier point there is when you had Josh Collins on the show, he summarized our offering in a way that our team, it just really resonated with our team. And he said, uh, we're effective, affordable, and we're good people. And, yeah. and that is exactly what uh, um, we're shooting for. And I think that that's why we're such a good fit with smaller destinations is because uh, there's so many tools that they could use and they don't know if they're going to be effective. We are 100% effective in this use case of um, potential visitors coming to your website and getting them to submit a form to get on your email list or to download a visitor guide. It's, like you said, affordable, and, and we love the space. So to your question of, of what does Bound do, there's, um, 
primarily we segment your audience, your anonymous visitors to your website. So you've got three different people coming to the website. Uh, one may be in market, one is uh, on the other side of the country, uh, and the third one um, is on your, um, on your newsletter list, and they've come from, a, uh, come from a newsletter. What we allow you to do is just change the content on your homepage or on other pages of the site to be relevant to that individual. So it is as simple as if you and I were having a conversation, I said something, Adam, you respond to me and you, you respond with something relevant. That's what we do. And it's, it's giving your website that ability that when somebody shows up and we know that they're um, interested in a particular subject matter or a particular attribute, a particular stakeholder in your market, an aspect of your destination, we give them content that um, that's focused on that. It's it's interesting too because you think about the experience of the visitor, right? And I think that personalization is something that's really blown up over the past few years that people have started to become more and more aware of. And I think it makes sense because everywhere else, like and from a non-digital standpoint, you go to the store and you talk to someone and you're going to purchase something and they start to kind of ask you questions, right? So if you're going to purchase a camera, they ask you, well, what type of camera do you want? Or what's the application of the camera? And then they kind of tailor that experience based off of your input and your responses, right? So that's what I love about personalization is because it helps you make that experience online more human, right? Um, one question I had, if I'm a destination marketer and I'm listening to the podcast right now, how do I know, you, we talk a lot about different types of technologies and how it's really easy to get kind of, you know, distracted or un, maybe a little confused in terms of which technology should I implement and how should I think about those? If I'm a destination marketer that's listening to the podcast today, how do I know when it's time for me to start personalizing my site? Like, wh- how should I think about that and approach that? Well, I think, I think the first question is, is your website important? You know, do you drive traffic to the website? Do you believe that potential visitors come and research um, before they make a decision to visit your market? So is the website important? I think that almost all destination marketers are going to check that box and say yes. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So the second is, um, are there significantly different reasons that people come to your destination? I gave the example of San Antonio. Uh, there's drive distance visitors who they want to cons- they want to convince that they should spend the night and generate the um, uh, hotel revenue. There are uh, visitors from California. There's visitors from New York. There's snowbirds from Wisconsin. There's the person who is uh, looking at booking a convention. In San Antonio, uh, there's somebody who's specifically interested in golf. So if you have different attributes of your destination that are attractive to different audiences, then personalization is something that you can should consider using to connect with those audiences. And I'll give you a, uh, a customer example is uh, Branson. So Branson's got a few different things that are great about Branson, and uh, some of which may be of interest to one audience and not to another. They've got a lot of golf. They obviously have a lot of live entertainment and they have a lot of um, uh, family-friendly activities. So those are our three segments that when they come to the Branson site, they, they say it's important to them to connect with those segments on what they're, um, what they're interested in. Great. I'm going to ask you to get a little, a little nerdy for our audience here uh, on, on the next question because uh, it, it sounds like you have the ability with personalization to geographically divide the message. So say if somebody, let's, let's use Branson as our example. If somebody is coming to the website from Nashville, 
they're most likely inter and I'm totally spitballing and making this up, right? But they're most likely interested in the live performance aspect. Whereas the visitor coming to to Branson from say Kentucky is interested in more of the family activities side of things. So are you are you using geographic location to determine what they're seeing? Or are you actually looking at uh, uh, behavior on the site to segment those audiences into buckets and then personalize the message according to behavior? Okay. So this is a, um, the answer to this is, is interesting in that we can do all of that and more. However, the best way to get, for a destination to get started is to keep it simple. So if you were just getting started and you came to us, we would say, let's just get started with geotargeting because you're likely going to have information about your different feeder markets uh, and, uh, and you're going you're gonna to want to serve different content to those people. Okay, that's just the most basic. And if you think of drive distance versus, versus flying, they're two completely different decisions uh, for totally. somebody to come to a destination. The, the next level of advanced after that is looking at what people have done on the site what content are they looking at? What sections of the site are they looking at? And then you can just think of it as a recommended next thing that you look at. The, the next level after that, and this is probably the most sophisticated customers, and this is where I think the industry will go, is anybody that's driving traffic to the website through paid media. It's then connecting those campaigns to a content experience on the site. So for example, if you're going to go invest uh, $1,000 in a media campaign, $5,000, $10,000, whatever it is for your big spring uh, push, all that traffic comes in and, and you guys have, have talked about um, other attribution software on the podcast. You should use attribution software to understand um, which of that traffic converts. But what Bound lets you do is, is actually do something to convert that traffic. So if we know somebody came from a specific, use um, uh, golf again, if somebody came from a specific uh, campaign targeting golfers, uh, then we would continue that experience as they move throughout the site, making it easy for them to find the content about golf. And then when they come back on a subsequent visit, you can do it again. But this, this can get very, very <clears throat> complex. The best way to get started is to keep it simple and to just, like I said, think about those, those geo-targeting markets and even um, uh, just A-B testing. A-B testing is another great way to dip your toe in the water. Yeah. I love the uh, the idea of taking an ad and being able to give the end user, the visitor, really uh, a relevant experience, right? I think there's so much to be said. I think a lot of times it's as, as marketers, we check the boxes and we say, great, I've got a paid search campaign live or I'm running Facebook ads. And there's a total disconnect though, right? If you're one, running an ad that talks about, to Adam's point, you're, you're serving an image that talks about one activity and someone clicks on that and they get to your homepage or a landing page and it's a complete disconnect from the ad that they saw, right? I think that's such a turnoff and you think about how that impacts conversion rates, you think about how that impacts the efficacy of your spend. So I think it's so important that everyone understands why personalization matters and why it's so powerful. So I, I appreciate those examples that you gave. Um, you know, one, one question I would have Obviously, destination marketers are under more and more pressure, and I would say more and more scrutiny to justify their marketing dollars and the way that they're spending those, right? And we're getting, you mentioned, there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of look at the effectiveness of those marketing dollars, right? Is attribution software and trying to understand 
if I spend a dollar here, what's the output of that on the on, on the back end, right? So one question that I have is, how should I think about this as a destination marketer in terms of, I've got a limited finite budget, but you know, how should I think about insert, how should I think about personalization and, and uh, how does that impact the rest of my marketing dollars and spend? I think as a uh, marketing tactic, you should, as with all marketing tactics, you should only think about it, how it impacts your current key metrics. So the way that the uh, director of marketing or VP of marketing is going to report those key metrics to the executive director of the um, destination marketing organization and how they're going to report those in turn to their board. And so we see those metrics as uh, most often being visitor guide downloads, uh, e-newsletter sign up, number of uh, pages per visit to the site, engagement with, with existing content, uh, and then um, ROI on media spend on campaigns. So I think that um, across those ones, you would look at any tool and say, how is it going to impact the things that I'm being measured on by my boss? Uh, and personalization, in this case, the, the, that's why we focus on those and we, we impact each one of those. So you'll see um, different destinations will say, well, we need to grow uh, this, this six-month period. We really need to focus on growing our, um, our e-newsletter list. Or we just finished a new uh, visitor guide, so we're doing a big push to get it into the hands of uh, potential visitors. Or, like I said earlier, you know, fairly um, advanced customer would say, we're putting a lot of money in media and we don't know what we're getting from it. Um, so we'd like to enhance the experience that the, that the paid traffic gets when they come through to the site. And we want to be able to show our board that um, we're putting the money there and we're, um, and we're generating the returns by getting these people to convert again, to either the e-newsletter or a download. Yeah, Jim, I think you bring up a good point that, especially in tourism, in fact, tourism is one of the most unique industries that I've ever interacted with because when you have a board that kind of governs the decision-making or the judge of success, I guess, uh, lots of times there's two different things that you have to track toward. One is, what will the board be satisfied with? And sometimes that doesn't align perfectly with what is best for the destination. And so if I was, you know, tracking some of those metrics, I would make sure that I have my goals aligned with the metrics that are going to satisfy the board, but also make sure that I have two or three of my own that I know are best for the destination. Mm -hmm. And I would track those myself. And even if the board doesn't look at those as as important as I do, uh, I would make sure that I'm tracking towards both. Because in the end, there's a lot of tourism destinations where the the executive director or the marketing person for the tourism destination will will just focus on satisfying the board. And then when the lodging tax doesn't increase over two years, they lose their job over it, even though they did exactly what the board asked them to do. Mm -hmm. So I just don't want anybody to get caught in the trap of just satisfying the board and losing sight of what the actual destination needs. Uh, I think that's kind of a, a an internal question that, that all our listeners need to ask themselves. And and make sure that they're focusing on both and not just satisfying the board. I think that um, the the existing measurement, satisfying the existing measurement is key. And then what you just asked is more of an existential question of, of what's the what's the point and why am I really doing this and how is it benefiting the destination? Um, to answer that, we kind of look at saying like your website should be creating desire. It should be driving excitement. It should be getting people to um, hold an image of your 
destination in their mind and that they put it on the list. The question you guys asked at the beginning, you know, where's your dream, where's the dream um, destination? You know, we want people to say, oh yeah, I always wanted to go there or I've heard about that, uh, where they hold a positive image in their mind. Yeah, great point, great point. You, br- you brought up earlier too, uh, you, you touched on quickly, and I, th- I think we kind of shifted gears. I want to go back. You touched on A-B testing. Uh, and one of the things that kind of stood out to me that you said earlier uh, about personalization is, is, hey, if you're getting started, just keep it simple. So let's talk a little bit about A-B testing uh, and why people should A-B test on their website and what, what it does. But then after that, let's also talk, okay, if we're going to A-B test – where do we start? How do we keep it simple and not because A-B testing can become this crazy, overwhelming situation if you try to dive too deep too fast. So tell me a little bit about why do we A-B test and then where do you start? So why A-B test is uh, I came from a um, classic advertising background years ago and you would get into these before, you know, before the final uh, presentation to the client you get into these um, debates uh, in the office about which direction to show them, which creative is the best. And uh, everybody had their opinions. And oftentimes it would be either the most senior person or the, the, the loudest voice in the room that would prevail. So that's why you A-B test is you don't know exactly what people are going to respond the best to. And um, you're fooling yourself as a marketer if you think that uh, this one idea is absolutely it. So you can get to, you can, you can focus on your target audience. You can create a message uh, and content uh, that you believe hits the main points that's going to help that audience make a decision. Uh, but in the end, you're going to have two or three versions uh, of that. And instead of uh, forcing yourself to pick one and maybe picking the wrong one, uh, you run an A-B test on your website. And with our software, what you do is you segment out a small uh, portion of the traffic um, you can pick people, maybe it's their first time to the site, maybe it's return visitors, maybe it's from a specific geographic location, and then you just run that test for them. And what, what running that test looks like is that when, they're, when they pull up the web page, um, they're seeing a version of the content that's different from what another person is seeing at that same second, and then we judge based on their interaction with the content um, whether it performs well. Did they click on it is the first. Did they stay on the site for a longer period of time? Did they ultimately convert? And then uh, it lets you, um, it lets the audience be the judge about what they find to be the most compelling. One thing that uh, is amazing about being a marketer, but also sometimes can be frustrating is everyone thinks that they are a marketer, right? And everyone thinks that they can do your job better than you at times, right? And so I think that it creates some challenges because people will come to you, whether it's your board or, you know, other folks within your organization, and they'll say, I think we should do this with our website, or I think that we should test, you know, or I think we should have it be this message instead of that message. And that's what's so amazing and awesome about A-B testing is you can test those ideas and let the data do the talking, right? And I think that's what you're alluding to. So instead of it being the highest paid person in the room's opinion that wins that argument, it's let's take this idea, test it against this idea. And then I think it starts to create this culture of Let's bring all of the best ideas to the table and let's test it and let's let the, you know, yeah. And let the visitors kind of decide, right. What the best experience is instead of having these ideas where we have the tendency, we've talked a lot about this on the podcast, but 
you end up having a tendency to market to yourself, right? And you aren't the target audience. So let's let the data do the talking. And so I think that's what's great about your platform is we can run some tests, we can determine what the data tells us, and we can implement the winning variation based off of that. So um, I really like that a lot. If what, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the podcast, but there's folks that are on kind of the broad spectrum in terms of levels of sophistication. So there's some listeners that are probably hearing this and feeling a little overwhelmed and saying, I know I should be doing this, but I'm not really technically savvy. And you have other folks that are listening that want to do this and they want to get really sophisticated and they, you know, they want to roll out some really sophisticated, um, I guess, variations or personalizations. How, tell us a little bit about your platform and who should be using your platform and maybe who shouldn't be using your platform if there, if there are any folks that, um, you know, is there a level of sophistication or is there a little level of technical expertise that they should have or need to have? So the, we like, we pride ourselves on having some of the smallest destinations as customers. In addition to, like I mentioned, uh, New York, San Francisco, we've got, I think, um, 15 states um, as customers. We have some of the smallest also. And um, the reason we pride ourselves on that is as a software company, we want to provide a tool that's usable, that you don't have to be a technical person um, to use. And that takes this, this powerful these powerful vehicles of A-B testing and, and serving the right content to the right person and makes them, makes them simple. So if you were a small destination and you had, um, say it was just you and say you have an intern and maybe you only have that intern part-time and, um, uh, and they, they're, they're there for a semester and then they switch to another person. Even if you're that small, uh, we, we help, we can come in, we help you get set up. And then the beautiful thing about it is it runs 24 seven, uh, in the background. And, uh, and only when you're, uh, creating new content and want to update the new content, is there ever time to make a change? If I think about when I mentioned, um, uh, that Branson before they've been running some campaigns, um, uh, for a couple of years and that, that now imagine that 24 seven in the background, uh, visiting every visitor to the site gets greeted, uh, with content that they're interested in and the implementation of it. For that, for that one-person uh, marketing department, it's adding a, uh, um, a JavaScript that's the same as Google Analytics. So I'm sure you have Google Analytics running. Um, it's, it's adding the same type of JavaScript to the site. We put it in there for you. We work with your team to do it. And then it's, um, it's setting up a couple personas of people that you want to serve different content to and, um, and loading up the content. We've got a lot of content templates. We've got a lot of, a lot of things that make it easy and that's a major push for us is to continue to make um, the platform easier and easier to use because that's the best positive feedback we've gotten from users. That's great. That's great. Well, Jim, I, I appreciate you sharing this with us. I have one more, you know, tactical question, I guess, and then we probably uh, are going to start to wrap things up today. But I, I want to know I, these two tactics that we've talked about, personalization and A-B testing. Uh, they're critical, but I feel like one place where they are really underutilized in the tourism industry is on the convention and events side because convention and event sales is completely different than selling to a leisure traveler and personalization and, uh, conversion rate optimization or AB testing are so important to getting more leads into the funnel so that you can then follow up with them and book events and conventions and things like that. So 
are you seeing people use your platform adequately on the convention and event side? And if so, how are they using it? And, and you know, if you, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit of that with us, that would be great. So I think that that is the biggest opportunity in CVBs to use our platform that it's not being used in currently. So I, I agree with you. I, the, what I see is sales teams that um, are doing, uh, they have their list of uh, conventions. They know who, how many square feet they have in their facilities. They know who their, their targets that they're going after. And they're doing a lot of um, calling out uh, and checking on those accounts, but they're not integrating with uh, those accounts when they come and they are doing research uh, on the website. So I think that that's a, um, a huge opportunity and um, could actually learn from other other aspects of our business where um, uh, where it's more of a business to business pitch. It's totally different than the leisure traveler, but I think it's a um, a great opportunity. One thing that if there are uh, marketers who are focused on the, the convention side, one thing to think about is oftentimes uh, in the same way that you can identify uh, where somebody is geographically, you can identify the company uh, yep. that they're at. And so if you have a, a target list of um, uh, companies or associations um, that you're, that you're uh, trying to attract for their convention, that's a good way to, to keep an eye on who, who's researching you. Well, you know what, Jim, how would you feel about coming on another time and having a completely separate discussion about demand generation and account-based marketing for convention and events uh, for destinations? And, and if you are a destination that does a lot of conventions and events and have budget allocated to that, I think you need to take a real serious look at personalization and A-B testing uh, and and make a decision to, to integrate that sooner than later because you're, you're missing a critical critical piece. I think that that would be, um, I think that'd be a lot of fun to do because there are so many interesting components uh, to, like I was alluding to, the this, this square footage that the destination has, the conventions that they therefore go after, um, that sales process, and, uh, and then even, as you mentioned, top of the funnel lead generation. Um, I think that would be a really neat thing to talk about, and we should get some uh, destinations involved. I think that's great. Yeah, that would kind of be fun to have a couple of guests, maybe like a panel or something yeah. talking about it. Well, Jim, it's been great. I think we, I say this every time, we could probably talk about this all day. Uh, and, and I really appreciate you coming on. We, we definitely should schedule a follow-up episode. Uh, but, but thanks for coming on and, and we appreciate your time today. You bet. Thanks for having me. And as you, I know you guys have a lot of, um, uh, follow-up conversations with your listeners. I know the listener base is growing. So as you get any questions about personalization, feel free to reach out to me and uh, just consider me and my team a resource for answers. Great. Where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you? So check out the website, on, just get to Bound360, and then um, contact us through that, and you're going to get either me or the best person to talk to. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Jim. This has been the Destination Marketing Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. As a reminder, we have our LinkedIn group, Destination Marketers, along with our Facebook group, also titled Destination Marketers. Request access to that. We're growing together as a group. We're posting advice, suggestions, and interacting with each other so that we can all get better at destination marketing together. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.